a great start. Don't jinx us. Too late. <laughs> Speaking of jinx, look at this segue. I started watching the jinx today on the treadmill. I'd never seen it before. That HBO documentary I, about Robert Durst who just passed away. I, I didn't know about that one. I know that Robert Durst passed away and I know about the bullshit that has ensued, but... Oh my God, that he's going to get like, he's not going to be like posthumously, posthumously, uh, posthumously like, uh, convicted of convicted whatever of the suit. Oh, what was her name? Uh, um, Kathleen was his wife or yeah. it was the other woman that he killed. Sure. Perhaps Kathleen was his wife. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not they, familiar with his, um, I haven't finished the docuseries yet, so I don't know if he gets yeah. convicted of that one, but yeah, but Susan Berman is the is yes. the um, yeah, yeah. victim who he's not getting convicted or posthumously convicted of her murder now. But that's yeah, I'm mad about it. Whatever. If you need a palate cleanser, start Euphoria. It's really good. Ugh, I, I would. Well, and that's the thing for those who don't know. Um, I I do writing as my, my I gig. do writing. I do write. <laughs> um, I do write. Um, but one of the things like my, my beat as they call it is e-commerce. So for those who are interested, HBO max is currently a yearly subscription is on sale for $12 a month instead of $15 a month. If you want the one where you can see like the new movies Uh huh. with, which if like this Omicron transformers variant keeps doing what it's doing, we may have to start with that, but yeah. Yeah. So I was going to wait until we get the you, whole but... alphabet of uh, of variants going. Oh, but... what should we should we do it like hurricanes, where we it's just like give it male a different... female? Yeah, every time. or or just like a different name every time. Not even necessarily like male female, but like for example, we've been doing a lot of Greek letters of the alphabet. I like, think that's let's switch yeah. it up a little bit. Let's no let's after <laughs> after we get to is Zeta the the end or is it oh, is Omega the last one? I didn't. I wasn't in it's, Greek life. I think Omega <laughs> is. I think Omega is technically the last one. I also was not in Greek life, um, but I will say I think it's just because in Catholic school that quote from the Bible is like God being like I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. Okay, the so end. Omega is the, the end. end. So yes, after we after we pass the Omega variant, then we start going into like symbols. Then it's like exclamation point, hashtag. ampersand. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag variant. variant. <laughs> <laughs> oh the hashtag hashtag variant. That's gonna be such a pain I to like it. trend on Twitter. <laughs> oh God, and it makes you grow extra ears. Hell yeah. No, it gives you five G oh god <laughs> what are they point? putting in the fifth g the <laughs> my cat is literally literally like covering his ears <laughs> and to be and to be completely like transparent like we are obviously like it, it, we're not making fun of covid covid is very serious but at the same time we are at a point where we're delirious and we yeah just... i mean it gets to a point that like every like every other thing in my life and everybody else's life has been canceled so it's mm -hmm. just like <laughs> what are we doing here guys <laughs> what do we have to live for i've done everything i possibly can <laughs> to be able to live a normal life but you know no. what but you know no, what we can never. live for you know what we can live for you what? know what we can what we can look forward to is this episode of this podcast which is crime culture but hey, i did it again hey thanks what are we talking about i don't even know what we're talking about look at this yeah I'm that's true here. i'm i'm usually you're more like i'm i don't look at the schedule because i'm like kindly tag your spoilers but no we are going to talk about the hart family car the crash car h-a-r-t okay. like okay. like heart without the e so i, humans, I think everyone's got organs. it and also I'm just it's spelled sure that you in the episode it. title that's true it's also spelled in the episode title that's i don't good point i don't know this I mean, uh, just from the name of it, I don't think I know this case. You will know this case once I get to a certain point. I mean, right. I mean, I know I say that every time, and I guess technically, yeah, that's true. Every, but <laughs> but every once in a while, I'm like, nah, still don't know it. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll know this one because I can remember talking to you about this one when it first happened. It's relatively okay. recent. All right. Um, but to hop right in, so Sarah Margaret Gangler was born the eldest of four children on April 8th, 1979, and Jennifer Jean Hart was born the eldest of three children on June 4th, 1979. 
And the two both grew up in South Dakota with Jen's family living in Huron and Sarah's in Big Stone City, though some sources say that Sarah actually grew up in Ortonville, Minnesota, which is a nearby city. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where she graduated from high school. So, I mean, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, tell it's me weird, how that worked out. It's weird out. when you live on the border of like a state. It's then... weird when you live on the border. It's weirder when you're having to go through like scans of yearbooks from like 1997 to see like where this bitch went to high school (laughs) yeah it doesn't see it seems like we're a little in the weeds about the high school part no she that's where she went to high school i found that bitch i found her all right yes um and i know i know we shouldn't refer to other people necessarily as bitches however i'm of the belief that women are taking the word back and also this woman's a bitch but (laughs) okay all right i didn't know if we were speaking ill of the dead or if this person is really a a garbage human being yes i don't know yes okay (laughs) which is which yes um, but yeah, so Jen and Sarah met while attending North State Universe, Northern State University in Aberdeen, South Dakota, I think is how it's pronounced, not right. Aberdeen. I think there's an Aberdeen in Jersey, too. Well, that's why, because the Aberdeens that I'm familiar with go by Aberdeen. But then again, like, sometimes, like, a Greenwich will be called a Greenwich. So I don't know. A sandwich. Uh, so they both majored in elementary education with Sarah specifically focusing on special education. So they're like they're they're into kids, not in like the Drake way, but just like they're they're they want to focus on helping kids. Yeah. And for years, these two would tell people that they were just friends. They were roommates and they were not roommates. Spoiler alert. And they mm-hmm. were roommates. Um, no, they were together and eventually decided to come out like hey we're gay we're together gay used to it is this the early 2000s you said they went to high school in 97 graduated high school in 97 so yeah early 2000s all right um after sarah graduated from college in 2002 jen dropped out and then in 2005 sarah legally changed her last name to hart and in 2009 the couple went to connecticut to get married because that was back when same-sex marriage was not legal in the entire u.s like yep. the united states it was only some states including my home state of connecticut i Go did not us. know that yes most people associate it with california and california was another one but california kind of like went back and forth on it and connecticut vermont i think was another one that yeah was i can more... see vermont i can see vermont being very open to it but like california can get spoiled by some uh some more rural areas up north yeah yeah like, you think of uh, California as all liberal, but it's yeah, not the whole state. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, it's not. But regardless, so Jen later said on social media that their choice to come out resulted in the loss of a lot of their friends and family as, quote, mm. the Midwestern mindset was relentlessly unforgiving and unaccepting. Mm. Thus beginning Jen and Sarah's sort of like us against the world outsiders mentality. Okay. However, members of both of the women's families actually stated later on that the two women were actually the ones to distance themselves from them and that their families were actually really accepting of their sexual orientation. But Jen huh. estranged herself from her father after 2001 for reasons unknown. Okay. So the couple moved to Alexandria, Minnesota and worked at a local Herberger's department store, which I did not believe was a real name because it sounds like the meme of that girl being like Ermigerd Herberger. Yes. (laughs) So I was like, I said it out loud and I was like, wait a minute. Um, But so they worked there where Jen worked in miscellaneous departments while Sarah worked her way up to the position of manager. Hmm. And Jen was recognized as the more dominant person in the relationship. Uh, She had a big personality. She liked to be in control. She was very like, I'm going to have my voice be heard. Whereas Sarah was more sensitive and passive and quiet. Mm hmm. So in 2004, the couple took in a 15-year-old foster daughter about whom they frequently complained to their co-workers. The girl later recalled how in 2006, so they'd been her foster parents for about two years at this point, they told her, great news, we're taking in three more foster kids from Colorado County, Texas, and that she would be their big sister. So, cool. Okay. I I can, I have an idea of where this is going. All right. I mean, you might. We'll see. Uh Um, So a week before her new siblings were slated to arrive, Jen and Sarah dropped their foster daughter off at the local kindergarten near where she was supposed to attend a session with a therapist. 
And during her session, the therapist then informed the girl that the hearts would not be coming back for her and she <gasps> never heard from them again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Didn't think that would be where you were. I no, was hoping I was, that wasn't where you thought I was you were going thinking with it. they were going to be like those people that take in foster kids and foster more and more kids to get m- money from the system. And then they make the older kids take care of the younger kids. Duggar style. Yeah. No. Okay. I um, not. I mean, that's a horrible situation. But also this is what the, this poor girl's world was turned upside down. Yeah. Well, and she's also a teenager. Yeah. And so like. For those it's hard enough know, for teenagers in the system. It's really hard for teenagers. I'm not sure how it is in other countries, but it's really difficult for teenagers in like the U.S. foster system. Yeah, like many of them just age out, and it's With it's a no really like fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it's a really fucked up situation. It's hard enough to get them placed in a foster home, much less like with like foster parents as yeah. opposed to like a group home, much less like getting them adopted and this girl thought went from like being like i'm gonna be adopted with these three other kids to i have no one yeah wow wow yeah yeah so siblings marcus who was seven at the time hannah jean who was four and abigail who was two arrived soon after on march 4th 2006 and And these are these are actual siblings yes these are actual siblings The, the the trio that were coming from texas that they were saying to her to keep um, the fa- to keep the siblings together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but like they're the ones that they were like, hey, these are going to be your little siblings. But yes. they all were biologically siblings. Mm-hmm. So two years uh, they were adopted in se- that September 2006. And then two years later in June 2008, the Hearts fostered three more siblings from Houston. Devont. Well, not well, three more siblings, but these were from Houston, Texas, not Colorado County. And that they were Devonte Jordan, who was five at the time, Jeremiah, who was four, and Sierra Maya, who was three. And they were also siblings. Okay. So they have two sets of siblings. Yep. And for the case of these kids, so their biological mother, Sherry Davis, lost custody of them and their older brother, Dante, due to substance abuse problems in August 2006. And their paternal aunt, Priscilla Celestine, was granted custody of them, but under the condition that they were to have no contact with their biological mom. Okay. Um, however, so Celestine was required to work another shift at her job, and she had nobody to take care of the kids. And so as a last resort, she contacted Davis and asked them to ask her to watch the kids while she was working. And a caseworker found out. Ugh. Yeah. So the children were then removed from Celestine's care and put into foster care, at which point the hearts found them. However, due to, quote unquote, behavioral issues by Dante, the hearts only took in the younger three kids. So Dante was separated from his siblings. Oh, yeah. And upon adopting Devante, Jeremiah and Sierra, Jen and Sarah's family was complete. And with two white gay moms at the helm and six adopted black kids, the, quote, heart tribe as the hearts uh, different sources said some said that the hearts referred to them like jen referred to them as the heart tribe on social media whereas like others said that like it was friends and acquaintances who gave them the nickname the heart tribe but either way the heart tribe was born and they were seen as the perfect model of a modern family Mm. they are the very model of a modern major family um so while sarah worked to support the family jen stayed at home and raised the kids And over the years, Jen cultivated a very carefully curated social media presence that, like, she was like an OG influencer. Social media families freak me out so much. Oh, this one will really freak you out. Let me tell you, baby. So she portrayed her family as socially conscious, happy, wealthy. Um, Quick aside, they were not wealthy. Like, Like, this, they were, like, Sarah was a manager at Kohl's. And that was half of their income and the other half of their income was two thousand dollars a month from the state of texas because they adopted these six kids i mean there's also nothing wrong with that but also trying to portray that as being like this uber wealthy like like keeping up appearances yeah like you don't have to do that like you can like if you're making enough money to support your family that's something to be proud of yeah but they they wanted to like portray a certain lifestyle and so like her facebook posts were filled with like videos and photos of them on like cross country road trips um 
like music festivals which we'll get into but like they just like the family was happy the family was like oh like we're different and we're perfect because we're different um one person referred to jen later on as a quote master poster end quote with her lengthy posts being filled with thoughts and feelings about like raising a happy family and the challenges of living in a prejudiced modern day society and like politics and race in this country Mm -hmm. um but it didn't really take long for the family to like have people take a closer look at their dynamic and wonder just how truthful Jen was being and just how happy they actually were. Hmm. So in a telephone interview with the New York Times, Lorraine Feely, who lived across the street from the Hearts, described the women as, quote, real friendly girls, end quote, mm-hmm. but said that she didn't really know their children because their parents, quote, didn't let them out of the house very often, end quote. Sounds a little turpin. Exactly. And when they did, she said the children were, quote, very highly disciplined, end quote, saying, quote, they'd all come down the steps single file and walk out in the yard single file, end quote. This is very Turpin family. Yeah. Well, and and she thought it was weird because she she said, quote, it wasn't like normal kids, end quote. Like there was no running all over the place, playing and laughing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So in September 2008, you're supposed to know if you live next door to a bunch of kids, it's going to be loud. It's going to be happy. It's going to be a lot of playing around and yelling and yeah, it's fighting. Yeah. But, but, but at the same time, like, I mean, I live next door to a family with four wonderful children and it's, it's their kids. It's delightful. And it would be fucking weird if they weren't like just, you know, being kids yeah, my parents, around. my parents' house backs up, uh, like, diagonally. There's a house that has always had a trampoline. No matter what family has lived there, they've always had a trampoline. And there's always, like, 30 kids on this mm-hmm. fucking trampoline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and they're like, popcorning the shit out of each other. Yeah, just falling off, jumping out of, like, off the roof to it, whatever. <laughs> but, like, they're kids. They're elastic. They're fun. Yeah. But, um, they bounce, yeah, you, like, literally. It's weird if they're, like, single file, like, rigid, not not laughing, not smiling, just kind yeah. of army of children. Yeah, like, joyless. Well, and I, could, I can't remember who described them as this, but another person described them as child soldiers. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Yeah, but, like, that's, so that's the vibe, okay? So in September 2008, a teacher asked Hannah about a series of bruises on her left arm, and she Mm. confided in the teacher that her parents had whipped her with a belt. (gasps) No charges were filed, but the Hearts took all of their children out of the school for nearly a year before re-enrolling them the following fall. So Uh. a little over two years later, in November 2010, teachers noticed signs of abuse on six-year-old Abigail after she complained of, quote, owies on her back and stomach. And they contacted the authorities. Abigail told investigators that she felt threatened by her parents and that Jen had held her head under cold water and punched her because her parents believed she had stolen a penny that they found in her pocket. Oh, my God. You find those on the fucking street. Exactly. And it's a penny. Yeah, right? Like, I once took a handful of lug nuts from Home Depot when I was like four and my dad i know i know i saw shiny and i put him in my overalls like bye and then my dad heard me jingling when he was carrying me outside and you know what he did he didn't beat the shit out of me he turned around and he brought me inside and was just like can i buy these 25 cents worth of lug nuts please or worse just make you put them back individually one by one no because i don't think he even felt like it i think he was just my my dad was very much the type of parent that was like Big sigh, grabbed the kid, put him under their arm, was like, all right, let's take care of business. He's still like that. He just can't put me under his arm anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, yeah, um, this is this is going to get rough. But uh, police interviewed the other Hart children who admitted that they were often denied food, grounded and spanked. When Jen and Sarah were interviewed, Sarah said that it was she who had hit Abigail, saying the disciplination began with a spanking, but then the, con- the situation, quote, got out of control, end quote, according to documents. Hmm. Sarah was subsequently convicted of misdemeanor domestic assault and sentenced to probation and a year of community service. And the couple also agreed to in-home therapy, counseling and other, quote, skill building activities, end quote, to like not 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 as like a punishment but to just try to like fix this situation okay 
However, in what will come as a surprise to probably nobody, the abuse continued. And in 2011, Hannah told a nurse, for example, that she had not eaten all day. Her parents just didn't feed her. And so then Jen became angry and shoved a banana and nuts into the child's mouth, like forcefully. Oh, God. So when confronted about this, Sarah argued that Hannah was, quote, playing the food card, end quote, and that they should just give her water. Hmm. When a child tells you they're hungry, you feed the child. I don't think that's difficult. Yeah. Call me crazy. But like, why would a kid lie about being hungry? Saying I'm hungry and then only wanting cookies and not wanting, say, like an apple? Sure. But just being like, I'm hungry for any food. Yeah. 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 So eventually a child welfare worker reported that the school stopped calling the hearts about issues with their children, about being fed and things like that. Because the officials feared that the children would be punished. And that's not how that is dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. But so you're wondering, I'm sure, why they why nobody did anything. The problem, according to one Minnesota welfare worker, like as they wrote in documents, was that Jen and Sarah, quote, looked normal. So they just continued to fly under the radar. What? Well, they look normal. So. I yeah I will never understand yeah so ultimately the hearts pulled the children out of school for good to be homeschooled thus eliminating their only tie to the outside world wow they then moved to Minnesota uh, no they moved from Minnesota to West Lynn Oregon which is a suburb of Portland in 2013 where they raised chickens and goats in the backyard of the house while they like that they rented while Jen continued to serve as a stay-at-home mom slash farmer and Sarah managed this Coles, as I mentioned before. And that's mm-hmm. when the family began attending those music festivals as a family. They they would go like several weeks out of the year and just like hit the music festival circuit. And they became like really like well-known, like nationwide well-known pillars of this like festival community. And especially on, like, social media. I can guess it's hard to miss them. Yeah. Well, If if they're going to all of these different events, like, it's a big uh, troop you're bringing with you. Well, and and because also, like, the the kids were seen, like, dancing and singing. And, like, people love to look at, like, this smiling, like, progressive, enlightened, happy family. Yeah. So it was just, like, like, and again, like, six black adopted kids and two white gay moms... Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, oh, wow. Like, look at that. Like, good for them. But as in Minnesota, some people eventually saw through the facade. And in 2013, one person contacted the Oregon Department of Human Services saying, quote, the kids pose and are made to look like one big happy family. But after the photo event, they go back to looking lifeless, end quote. quote. Yeah. Wow. Another told authorities that the kids acted like, quote, trained robots, end quote. And that they appeared to be, quote, scared to death of Jen, end quote. Mm. Others said the children looked underfed, malnourished, small for their ages. And to get more information on the family's history, officials saw that there was there were records in Minnesota and contacted Minnesota Child Welfare. And they said that they had received six troubling reports of abuse or neglect, but only found two of them to be like founded. Okay. So investigators also interviewed at least two women who knew the family, and they also painted a disturbing portrait of the Hart's home life, saying that the children had to raise their hands before they could speak. They got in trouble for laughing at the dinner table. And in one particular instance, they were forbidden from telling one of the children, Marcus, happy birthday on his birthday. <gasps> yeah. What the what? I don't understand like this kind of like fear-mongering within your family like yeah i don't why do you need to have that like such intense power control yeah but like i don't understand why you why 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 do you need that because some people want to be parents they want to look the part they want to like be they want they want that that like I don't want to say facade again because i feel like i say it too much but they they want to keep up appearances yeah and that they, they that's what they signed up for they didn't sign up for actually being like moms in this case yeah but yeah so 
In another incident, Jen had ordered some pizza, but she only allowed the children to have one small piece each. And the next morning, she woke up to find the pizza was completely gone. And a furious Jen refused to feed the children breakfast because none of them would admit to eating the pizza. And then a she forced all of them to lie on their beds for about five hours as punishment. Hmm. Upon interviewing the children, um, this, this is the, um, Oreg the Oregon department of human services okay. upon interviewing the children, they all gave off the impression that everything was fine. They were like, well, no, 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 everything's okay. Like, please. Um, and then Jen herself was interviewed and she claimed that any family problems were the results of others not being tolerant of two lesbian mothers with six black children. Okay. And she, like, and while there are plenty of intolerant people out there, she plays that card a lot. Um, and that gets people to back off. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. like, because they don't want, no one wants to come off as mm -hmm. being uh, a big homophobic or yeah. racist or, or anything like that, obviously. So that would immediately have someone step back for a second. Mm hmm. So despite all of the allegations of abuse, officials with Child Protective Services ultimately said they were, quote, unable to determine whether or not Jen or Sarah or both were guilty of neglect, saying in a report that they could not identify a, quote, safety threat, end quote. And by August 2013, child welfare authorities received enough complaints that they did visit the Hart home to interview the family. But... One investigator noted that despite the children saying, hey, we're fine, they showed, quote, they, or they, quote, showed little emotion or animation, end quote. So ultimately, despite all of this, the case was closed. Yeah, because the poor kids were probably uh, told to, like, they, they would not receive any help. Yeah. Or if they said something, something horrible would happen to them. The, yeah, something. they were threatened by their parents. Yeah. So in a strange development, um, this might be one of the things that you might recognize, Haley. So one of the Hart children, Devante, actually became nationally recognized after a photo of him at a Black Lives Matter protest in Portland went viral in December 2014. And okay. in the photo, Devante is tearfully hugging a white police officer during a protest. And the photo was seen as kind of an example of unity after the murder of Michael Brown, who, for those who don't know, he was an unarmed black teenager killed by a white cop. Mm -hmm. um, murdered I do remember that by a photo. white cop. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the photo in question became known as the, quote, hug felt round the world, end quote. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you see it, like, knowing what I know now that kid looks terrified he's not crying because he's overcome with emotion about how no, people can be so it's a hateful. cry for help it's not even a cry for no i'm saying like it's clearly like his mother said to him go hug that cop for this photo op mm. and because the kid is afraid of the cop yeah. you can see that the kid does not want to be hugging this cop mm. like there's no like n again knowing what you know now at the time like you you assume that it's a, a sweet thing or whatever because he was also photographed like with a sign that said free hugs and yeah. he was holding that at the protest a lot and then the next thing you see is this image so you're like oh 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 but again like now it's like oh no that's not what this kid wanted yeah um but yeah so Overnight, like this kid became well known and Devante was invited on TV shows as a guest. But Jen refused, saying she wanted to protect her son's privacy. OK. Huh. So Social media mom. Exactly. Protect her son's privacy. Exactly. And okay. because soon after she decided to take a hiatus from social media. And in the spring of 2017, she returned to reveal that the family had moved again, this time to rural Woodland, Washington and would tell her followers, quote, this year slammed us hard, end quote. Just taking those kids deeper and deeper in the woods, farther and farther away from people. Yep. Taking them out of school, taking them away, like moving them around and around and around so they can't make any connections outside of the family, isolating them. You hit yeah. the nail right on the head. Right on the head. So their next door neighbors, Bruce and Dana Delcab, soon noticed that the blinds were usually drawn at the house and that the mm -hmm. children rarely left. So in August 2017, at about 1.30 in the morning, Hannah showed up at the Del Cab's door, frantic and begging them for help. Bruce and Dana noticed that the preteen's two front teeth were missing, and she <gasps> said her mother's whipped her with belts. 
The children told her neighbors that she had jumped from a second story window in her house and ran next door and begged them to hide her from her mother's pleading, quote, don't make me go back. They're racists and they abuse us, end quote. Oh, my God. Soon after, Jen showed up at the Del Cab sto- front door and took her daughter back home. And the next morning, Jen, Sarah, and all six of the children went to the Del Cab's house. And Jen explained that Hannah's birth mother was bipolar and that all the kids were, quote, drug babies, which is why they acted out sometimes. She also said Hannah's front teeth had been knocked out when she accidentally fell. Hannah then handed the Del Cabs a handwritten apology for her behavior, saying that she had lied and just wanted attention. When Dana Del Cab asked to speak to Hannah alone, Jen replied, quote, we do everything as a family, end quote, and refused to let her to be alone with Hannah. Immediately, yeah. do not let them leave and call somebody, call yeah. resources to yeah. get those kids out of there. That's- yes. Yeah, well, and it's funny you say that because Dana then told her dad about the encounter and he immediately reported Jen and Sarah to the Washington State Department of Social Health and Health Services. Yes. But no follow-up action was taken. I I mean, that just shows you can do everything you can to try to help a situation and, like, it can still fall through. Yeah, 100%. Several months later, in March 2018, Devante approached Bruce Delcab while he was working on his truck in front of his house and at this point, Devante's 15, and he asked Del Cab if he could have something to eat, and then nervously asked him not to tell his mothers. So Bruce obliged, and then this went on to happen a few more times, with Devante even giving his neighbors a wish list of food from the kids, oh. and asking Bruce to leave the items in a box by the fence where his moms wouldn't see it. At one and it's point, so crazy oh, because, like, good families cannot adopt children like and there are people who are on like wait lists for so for such a long time for adoption and these people have six children that they neither want nor care about my parents tried for years before they adopted my sister like like actively tried for years and even then the wait list alone it was like two years yeah and that was a short one. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, this is a short list. Yeah. Um, like, it's just, and and I hate to say it, but it also gives such a bad rap to that, like, stupid, like, uh, closed-minded argument that gay people shouldn't be able to adopt. And, like, these people are ruining it. For, I mean, th- there's, like, there's exceptions to every, yeah. uh, to everything, but, like, just the blanket statement that gay people shouldn't adopt that's 100 percent bullshit that is the stupidest statement in the entire world these are just two shitty people exactly their sexual orientation has no no grounds on whether or not like this would have if this had been a woman and a man i don't think this situation would have been different if it was like the person who just does not want children like i don't get i don't i really fully do not understand i i know you said like control and everything and like yeah all right but uh, it's Some just so frustrating are... it's just so stupid and frustrating narcs be narkin my dude but yeah so Devante told the delcabs that his parents would punish him and his siblings by taking meals away and that they were being hidden from view and they were quote sometimes abused and after several visits from Devante, the del cabs decided to contact the authorities once again and on march 23rd 2018 dana called dshs and an investigator visited the hart house they saw a large brown suv that appeared to be their car turn into their driveway but when the investigator knocked on the door nobody answered so they waited around a bit still no answer so they put their card on the door and they left the next day, on Saturday, March 24th, the Del Cabs noticed that the Hart's GMC Yukon was gone. Furthermore, Sarah had texted one of her friends, Cheryl Hart, no relation, at 3 a.m. and told her she was too sick to come into work that day and that she was so sick she might have to go to the hospital. Cheryl later called the Clark County Emergency Dispatchers to report that she had received disturbing texts from Sarah two days prior. So she called them on like Monday, mm-hmm. but had since been unable to reach her, according to 911 records obtained by People magazine. 
In the call, Cheryl requests a welfare check, saying, quote, nobody has been able to get a hold of her, talk to her, or seen her since, since that text message or her wife, which is Jen. So we're just concerned, end quote. Hmm. The last sighting of any of the members of the Hart family alive was at a Safeway grocery store in Fort Bragg, California, on the morning of Sunday, March 25th, 2018, when footage of Jen buying $20 worth of groceries was caught by a surveillance camera. A deputy from DHS returned to the house on March 26th, but once again, no one appeared to be home. And when an investigator returned again the next morning, there was still no answer. If you have like, if you, if you have like a reason to believe that the welfare of a child or children are in danger, can't you get like a warrant to get into the house? I mean, like if if it was a child, if it was a child safety check and you can't get a hold of them two or three times, like, don't you need to do a little bit more digging? Well, the the woman had called for a welfare check. The, this Cheryl on Hart. the family, not for the kids. On the on on Sarah specifically, not okay. just for not just for the kids. Okay. Um, but a few hours later, after she had called it in, they were just like, "Hey, you don't need to check on these people anymore." And that's because on Tuesday, March twenty sixth, twenty eighteen, a German tourist discovered the family's GMC Yukon twenty five miles away from the Safeway where Jen was last seen in mm-hmm. Mendocino County, California, near Westport. Crashed upside down on the rocks at the bottom of a steep hundred foot, or for our non U.S. listeners, thirty meter cliff. The authorities were called, and after rescue workers repelled down the rocks, because there was literally no other way to get there, Mm. they found the bodies of Jen and Sarah, as well as 19-year-old Marcus, 14-year-old Jeremiah, and 14-year-old Abigail. But the three heart children, I believe Abigail was actually 12, I think my notes are wrong, Um, the three remaining heart children, Devante, Hannah, and Sierra, were nowhere to be found. Sarah was the first to be identified with Mendocino County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Shannon Barney later saying, quote, we suspected the other adult female was Jennifer Hart, her married partner and two deceased children and one that was believed to be a child but was late teens. So we weren't really sure, end quote. Pretty soon after, the authorities realized that they could only account for three of the children and that, again, like Devante, Hannah and Sierra were missing. Mm hmm. However, Captain Greg Van Patten, a spokesman for the Mendocino County Sheriff's Office, said authorities were operating, quote, under the theory and belief that the whole family was together, end quote, at the time of the crash. At first, friends and acquaintances were shocked by the news of the Hart family's deaths. The nation was shocked. They, it was like seen as this huge tragedy. It yeah. was like minor celebrities. Just all of them were dead or presumed dead. Yeah. Um, but cracks quickly began to develop in the narrative that Jen and Sarah had so carefully spun once authorities began looking into the crash and the family's past. California Highway Patrol investigator Jake Slates said witnesses soon began to come forward and revealed that the children were, quote, extremely disciplined, almost to the point of being robotic, end quote. Mm. Some reported sightings of these kids walking single file, uh, even being told when to go to the bathroom, A friend whom the family had stayed with in California, not on this trip, but like another one, told investigators that Jen ran the family like a boot camp and that, quote, true kindness, love and respect for the kids was largely absent, end quote. According to an incident report following the murders, Sarah had allegedly told a co-worker, quote, that she wished someone told her it was okay not to have a big family. Then she and Jennifer would not have adopted the children, end quote. No one told them to adopt the kids. Also, what what loving parent says, I wish I didn't have my kids? That's I mean, really what she's kind of saying here. Yeah, I mean, there's all types of parents out there and everything. But like, I think base level is you got to love your kids. Yeah, that's like that's the bare minimum. Yeah. So dozens of pages of reports by child welfare officials were made public that painted a picture of the true nature of Jen and Sarah as parents, one dictatorial and eccentric, the other constantly working and rarely home, and how the pair would dole out cruel punishments and regularly withhold food from their six children. Furthermore, state government reports later revealed that the family hadn't been shunned by their relatives because of their lifestyle, as I said earlier in this episode, but that the couple had cut off contact once they started questioning and criticizing their parenting. Interesting. Okay. 
In a letter accompanying the child welfare documents, Caroline Burnell of the Oregon DHS said, quote, we believe the release of these records may help avoid future tragedies, end quote, and that the department, quote, continues to strive to improve, end quote. Mendocino County Sheriff Coroner Thomas Allman told reporters that this case is a prime example of the federal oversight of abuse and should be an, quote, enlightening moment, end quote, for lawmakers pointing out that five states were involved with these adoptions and the abuse allegations of these children, and yet none took proper notice of the children's horrific living situation. Yeah. He said, quote, where are the systematic failures that possibly could have prevented this? We do not have a national database for child abuse allegations, end quote, which is true. When authorities entered the Hart home, Slates said it appeared clean and orderly and that it had been newly remodeled. But when he entered the bedrooms, he found that Jennifer and Sarah's bedrooms were decorated and the children's rooms were bare. Mm. Like, basically, like, barely lived in. Yeah. Investigators also noticed that the family's luggage and even their toothbrushes had been left behind despite being gone from the house for days. Yeah. Lieutenant Barney said, quote, in my opinion, Sarah and Jennifer succumbed to a lot of pressure. They got to the point where they made a conscious decision to end their lives and take their children with them, end quote. Slates later spoke of a similar theory, saying, quote, when the hearts left their home, I don't think they knew what they were going to do at that point. I do think that they knew CPS was there. One of the final questions I would ask all my witnesses would be based on how well you know Jennifer and Sarah Hart. Would this be an act that they could do? Would they be the type of people that would say, if I can't have my children, nobody can have my children? And most of the witnesses either stated, yes, Jennifer would say that, or yes, that would be a decision that either or both of them would make, end quote. Yeah. An analysis of the accident site and the SUV's computer and airbag controllers revealed that the day before the car was discovered on Monday, March 26th, after about 54 hours of driving, uh, Jen was Jen pulled off the California Highway 1 onto a gravel turnout and stopped the vehicle 70 feet, or about 21 meters, from the cliffs. And though witnesses later said that she rarely, if ever, drank alcohol, Jen at the time had five beers in her system, mm. putting her well above the legal limit. And Slate says that he believes that she drank all of them to build up her courage. Jen then accelerated the car to roughly 90 miles or about 145 kilometers per hour. Again, only 70 feet, 21 meters from these cliffs. Not far. And without touching the brakes, because investigators did not find any skid marks, Mm. she drove the car off the cliff, killing herself and her entire family. Mm. Greg Bartz, the acting assistant chief of the California Highway Patrol Northern Division, said, quote, it was pure acceleration from the last brake application until it hit the bottom of the cliff, end quote. Wow. It was also determined that Sarah and two of the children tested positive for, oh man, I got it, diphenhydramine, um, an active ingredient in Benadryl that makes you drowsy. Okay. And nobody in the car was wearing a seatbelt. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Furthermore, it was discovered that while a drunk Jen was driving the car, Sarah sat in the passenger seat looking up different ways to end a life with searches including how how easily can I overdose on over-the-counter medications? Can 500 milligrams of Benadryl kill a 125-pound woman? Mm. Is death by drowning relatively painless? How long does it take to die from hypothermia in water while drowning in a car? Jeez. One of her last searches was for a no-kill dog shelter. Days later, authorities announced that the crash was not an accident, but a murder, suicide. Mm -hmm. And on April 8th, nearly two weeks after the crash, 12-year-old Sierra's body was recovered after it washed ashore on a beach north of the cliff where the SUV landed. On May 9th, a passerby spotted a partial foot inside a shoe that was attached to a pair of jeans near the crash site. And 10 months after the crash, in January 2019, the human remains were officially identified as being those of 16-year-old Hannah after the authorities were able to obtain a DNA sample from her biological mother. Mm. As of the time we've been recording, Devante's remains have yet to be located. Um, Authorities do believe that he died in the crash. Um, A superior court judge actually ruled that Devante was in the vehicle at the time of the murders, and a death certificate was signed on April 3rd, 2019. The Mendocino County Sheriff's Department officially closed the case and released declassified records on April 10th, 2019. 
And four days later, on April 14th, a 14-member coroner's jury unanimously ruled that Jen and Sarah Hart intended to kill themselves and their six children. The two-day coroner's inquest was called to determine cause of death, but not any responsibility in the civil or criminal fields. Um, the California Highway Patrol stated that the criminal prosecution that criminal prosecution was not possible because the responsible parties were dead. Yeah. So a close friend of the family, Rihanna Weaver, told People Magazine after the ruling, quote, since the beginning of this and when it first happened, there have been those of us who basically questioned our own sanity. We also questioned, like, how did we not see this if that's what happened? End quote. Yeah. Um, so that's the case. And then in 2020, a documentary titled A Threat of Deceit, The Hart Family Tragedy was released, and it explores, like, what actually happened on the day of the murder-suicide. And according to producer Rachel Morgan, the film was, quote, a chance to tell the story without a motive aside from peeling away the layers of something that was unfathomable, end quote. Mm -hmm. It has a 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 55% Google score, and an 83% tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And you can watch it for free on Tubi, Haley's favorite. Love it. And yep, I know you love your Tubi. (laughs) And then last year, uh, the streaming service Discovery Plus released a three-part limited docuseries broken hearts h-a-r-t-s as opposed to like the e yeah um and that's an association with a i i don't know if you've heard of it i've heard of it but like a popular podcast about the case which has the same name okay and that has a 6.9 out of 10 on imdb and is directed by gregory palmer who also executive produced the documentary alongside patrick reardon harrison land sky borgman oren katziff geneva wasserman john coa lorna thomas and Catherine grandy and in that series retired mendocino county sheriff tom allman said it didn't take long for the authorities to actually like piece together what had happened in this particular case mm-hmm. and he said quote to know that we had possibly six children, two adults, I don't think I know it was on everybody's mind of this is what we're dealing with. End yeah. quote. So that's the story of the Hart family. And I hope it's a huge bummer that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I hope that, like, if you know of somebody, if you know of some kids who seem to be like, like hi bean not not doing great like please say something and this is this is something say something it's true it doesn't just apply to abandoned backpacks in the train station like it's just it's very because i don't want to say that the system failed these kids but at the same time everything kind of everybody yeah had everybody been communicating even like three of those kids wouldn't have even been in that situation if it wasn't for their aunt who loved them loved them like she was in put in a shitty situation and so she didn't have a choice and they they just it was like no strikes you're out yeah it starts from the ground up of like finding affordable child care finding like yeah the services that like actually support people in having children <laughs> yeah it, it, uh, it really instead does of making it seem like a strain on the system but yeah like, well and then and then like for Devante, jeremiah and sierra like their poor brother dante that like he yeah. survived because <laughs> as awful as this sounds like jen and sarah didn't want him but you know what it sounds like? It sounds like they all, they wanted kids that could be controlled. And yes. he sounded like a kid that couldn't be controlled. Yes, 100%. Would, yeah, that would um, cause problems for their perfect little setup that they thought they had going on. Didn't fit their narrative. Yeah. But yeah. Um, this was a, this was a not fun one. Um, no. I would venture to say a not fun time TM. And do you have anything positive that we can, like, come back on? No? Uh, I watched Encanto. <laughs> that was oh, good. Isn't that a cute movie? Like, we don't talk about Bruno, but oh, please go watch Encanto. That'll make you feel so much better. Are there do, also yeah, six kids in Encanto? That. No, I think there's more. Hi, Bean. Hi. There's a lot of family members. There's a lot Encanto, of family members. But... Please, the family magical. Like, watch that movie it like that's your palate cleanser fuck i think that's what i'm gonna watch after this okay because this is a this is a just a tragedy like yeah i mean we always say it's the ones with kids 
it's the ones with kids. It's always the ones with kids. And I don't know why. It's a huge bummer. I don't know why we keep doing this to ourselves. No. But I think next week, is next week our Patreon pick? I believe it is our Patreon pick. So patrons, if you're go, listening. Yeah, go to our, our uh, Patreon. If you are one of the people, if you know, you know. Um, mm-hmm. If you're one of the people that gets to help pick the episode next week, Go and do it ASAP so that we know what topic it is so that we have time to research. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true, too. We do it uh, pretty close down to the wire. Um, eh, it keeps us young. Oh, yes. It, it, <laughs> I think it's aging me. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, or it ages us. I think it's worse. Um, We're not but, completely sure. Yeah, that's the Patreon. And if you want a hand in what we talk about, you can join our Patreon um you can find the link to that on all of our social media bios uh the link trees there we're on facebook instagram twitter our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com and you can even email us at crimeculturepod at gmail.com um if you need help finding any of a any of our stuff let us yeah. know yeah yeah see that? I think I have no idea. I'm I'm still trying to just high bean. Just I know he he woke up midway through and he's been chirping. That's okay. Felix was doing something real weird, and I thought like in the reflection of my the base of my monitor, it looked like he was having a seizure, and I just had a mild heart attack. And no, he's I don't know if anybody else's cats do this. Please let us know. If your cat tries to, like, rip their fucking claws out of their feet. Not, oh, like, yeah. biting their nails. I'm talking yank. Yeah. He like, that I can constantly. hear it. He does it constantly. Um, but anyway. <laughs> go to all of our stuff and... Say hi. Lo- yeah. And tell your cats. Like and tell your dogs. And everything. Tell your pet iguanas we love them. Yeah. Tell them all. Just be like, oh... Our, our friends love you and yeah. they'll just be like we know all right yeah i guess that's what we're going out on i guess that's what this is how we're going out this is what takes us out all right bye bye, bye.